Section three of the Boys and Girls Pliny by Pliny the Elder. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Book two An Account of the World and the Elements. Chapter one The Character and Form of the World. The world, and whatever that be which we otherwise call the heavens, by the vault of which all things are enclosed, we must conceive to be a deity, to be eternal, without bounds, neither created nor subject at any time to destruction. Footnote. The term mundus is used by Pliny sometimes to mean the earth and its immediate appendages, the visible solar system, and at other times the universe while in some instances it is used in a rather vague manner without any distinct reference to either one or other of the above designations i have usually translated it by the term world as approaching nearest to the sense of the original End of footnote. to inquire what is beyond it is no concern of man nor can the human mind form any conjecture respecting it it is sacred eternal and without bounds all in all indeed including everything in itself finite yet like what is infinite the most certain of all things yet like what is uncertain externally and internally embracing all things in itself it is the work of nature and itself constitutes nature to go out of this world and to search for what is beyond it would be madness perfect madness as if one who is ignorant of his own dimensions could ascertain the measure of anything else or as if the human mind could see what the world itself cannot contain that the universe has the form of a perfect globe we learn from the name which has been uniformly given to it as well as from numerous natural arguments for not only does a figure of this kind return everywhere into itself and sustain itself also including itself requiring no adjustments not sensible of either end or beginning in any of its parts and is best fitted for that motion with which as will appear hereafter it is continually turning round but still more because we perceive it by the evidence of the sight to be in every part convex and central which could not be the case were it of any other figure footnote the astronomy of our author is derived mainly from aristotle End of footnote the rising and the setting of the sun clearly prove that this globe is carried round in the space of twenty-four hours in an eternal and never-ceasing circuit and with incredible swiftness i am not able to say whether the sound caused by the whirling about of so great a mass be excessive and therefore far beyond what our ears can perceive nor indeed whether the resounding of so many stars all carried along at the same time and revolving in their orbits may not produce a kind of delightful harmony of incredible sweetness footnote this theory of the music of the spheres was maintained by pythagoras but was derided by aristotle End of footnote. to us who are in the interior 
the world appears to glide silently along both by day and by night various circumstances in nature prove to us that there are impressed on the heavens innumerable figures of animals and of all kinds of objects and that its surface is not perfectly polished like the eggs of birds as some celebrated authors assert this is evident to the eye for in one part we have the figure of a wing in others of a bear of a bull and of a letter footnote the letter delta in the constellation of the triangle but except in this one case the constellations have no visible resemblance to the objects of which they bear the name End of footnote. while in the middle of them over our heads there is a white circle with respect to the name i am influenced by the unanimous opinions of all nations for what the greeks from its being ornamented have termed cosmos we from its perfect and complete elegance have termed mundus the name calum no doubt refers to its being engraved as it were with the stars as varro suggests in confirmation of this idea we may adduce the zodiac in which are twelve figures of animals through them it is that the sun has continued his course for so many ages i do not find that any one has doubted that there are four elements the highest of these is supposed to be fire and hence proceed the eyes of so many glittering stars the next is that spirit which both the greeks and ourselves call by the same name air it is by the force of this vital principle pervading all things and mingling with all that the earth together with the fourth element water is balanced in the middle of space these are mutually bound together each remaining in its appropriate place by the never-ceasing revolution of the world between this body and the heavens there are suspended in this aerial spirit seven stars separated by determinate spaces which on account of their motion we call planets or wandering bodies although in reality none are less so the sun is carried along in the midst of these a body of great size and power the ruler not only of the seasons and of the different climates but also of the stars themselves and of the heavens when we consider his operations we must regard him as the life or rather the mind of the universe the chief regulator and the god of nature he also lends his light to the other stars he is most illustrious and excellent beholding all things and hearing all things qualities which are ascribed to him exclusively by the prince of poets homer footnote iliad three two hundred seventy seven and odyssey twelve three hundred twenty three end of footnote end of section three recording by phone